So, are you DTFF? Talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. You might have already noticed that uh, we lied to you up front with that introduction because Dustin Lunt, unfortunately, cannot be here for this week's episode. So you are going to have to put up with a whole lot of this voice. So strap in and get ready for that. Uh, but if you'll bear with me and deal with this voice, I am very excited to share my excitement of the week one NFL slate coming up here. Now, basically, we are just mere days, hours, really, away from this. And it's been a long off season. So I think we all deserve this football happening this week. So I am excited personally to finally get into real NFL action. I'm sure that you are too. I'm not going to dilly-dally anymore. This is probably going to be a briefer episode without my counterpart here. Uh, and you're just going to have to deal with that too. But we are, of course, still going to talk about, or I am going to talk about what I am drinking this evening. Uh, now, if you are watching, you will see this upside down can because Apparently, whoever made the beer was also incredibly drunk when they put the label on, but it is a stone brewing Zocavesa. It is an imperial stout made with chocolate, cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, some spices in there. I don't know. There's a lot. But before we dive into the meat of this episode, or before I do, I keep saying we, like Dustin's here. He's not here. Come back soon, Dustin. This job sucks. Uh, but before we dive into the meat, which is all of the previews, going over some injury updates, people that you need to be maybe concerned about already, because of course, fucking injuries are already a thing. Some surprise cuts to rosters that maybe we all thought were locks to make the team and maybe even be super fantasy relevant. That's are no longer going to be so. And then some muddied backfields. You know, week one, there's still a lot that we don't know about just yet. And a lot of that just comes down to who in the hell is the starting running back for a given team? So we're going to dive into that as well. And then we are going to get to my start of the week, which I'm very excited to share with you all. But before we do that, I am still, damn it, even though Dustin is not here, I am still going to give you our favorite damn segment every week it is the drunk trade of the week drunk 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 hammer drunk 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 trade of the week so this week's drunk trade of the week comes into us from reddit reddit user the dude underscore 1021 says i was slamming mike's hard lemonades Great start to any story, by the way. And I traded Michael Thomas when he got hurt week one of last year for Robert Woods. It actually wasn't that bad of a trade looking back on it, they say. Yes, dude. Yes, I believe that you are correct. That is not a bad trade looking back on it. For reference, this was a Dynasty PPR format from what I believe. Look, 
if you are, let's say, six, seven Mike's hards in on a given evening and uh, a player of Michael Thomas's caliber gets hurt while you're doing so, I think the natural inclination is going to be, let's go shop this guy. Let's go do whatever kind of fire sale I can here uh, to try and get somebody coming back onto my squad that is not hurt, that I can actually start. And Robert Woods is not just a starter. He is a goddamn saint. Uh, basically a fringe wide receiver one for you. Yeah, he's a little bit older than Michael Thomas, I think by maybe a year and a half, two years. It doesn't matter. It's 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 Robert Woods. Still, if you propose this trade to me now, I would still say Robert Woods uh, is probably the guy I want here. Michael Thomas already dealing with being out for a few weeks at minimum uh, to start this season. So who knows if he's ever going to play for the Saints again? Honestly, at this point, it's just as possible that he's like done forever because Michael Thomas seems to be a petty enough guy where even if he's not injured necessarily, you know, he might still just not do anything because fucking Michael Thomas. Am I right? So the dude 1021, uh, I personally enjoy this trade for you. I think the Mike's hard lemonades steered you in the right direction, which is a sentence I never thought that I would say out loud. So I I appreciate this for you. And and good on you. Good on you for not just stashing that name, that Michael Thomas name on your roster forever because you feel like you have to because he is Michael Thomas. Uh, get out of here with that noise. If that happens, let this be a lesson. If that happens this year, God forbid, week one, a star player of his caliber goes down. Do not be afraid to go trade him away. I'm not saying you have to, and I'm not saying to overreact, but don't necessarily think, well, it's Michael Thomas. I got to keep him around. Or it's, I don't know, Dalvin Cook, whoever it is. Don't feel like you have to stash them just because of the name recognition there. That's all. That's all I'm saying. All right. Before we get into all of the news that's fit to not print, I guess, just to say out loud on a podcast, got to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Poor Richard's Farm 100% grass-fed beef snack sticks. You know what? 1,000% grass-fed beef snack sticks. Uh, these things are amazing. They're all natural ingredients. They don't give them supplemental hormones or antibiotics. The cattle get fresh air and open spaces. It makes for physically and emotionally healthier animals. There's a variety of flavors for you. You got barbecue hickory. You got teriyaki maple. You got the classic original. And then you got my favorite Tex-Mex mesquite. Right now, listeners, go on over to poorrichardsfarm.com. Get free shipping if you buy three or more packs which, duh, of course you're going to buy at least three of these things. But you also get an additional 5% off if you use promo code DTFF at checkout. Go over there. Get yourself some beef. Treat yourself. You've earned it. It's week one of NFL football, and you deserve some meat. God damn it. Uh, so go over to poorrichardsfarm.com. Get yourself some meat. All right. Now on to the meat of our episode here. Week one. What are the matchups that you should be paying attention to most for a fantasy perspective? I'm going to throw one out that's going to sound gross. So prepare yourself. 
It's one of the first games of Sunday. And it is not the sexiest teams playing. In fact, it's the opposite of that. It's uh, it's the slothiest teams. It's the Jaguars against the Texans. This is going to be a slop fest. And, and I'm here for it. I'm here for the sloppiness of the Texans, who are probably on a fast track to a 1-16 season. I won't say 0-17. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars, new head coach, Urban Meyer. Everybody's very excited about Herb. What's Herb going to be able to do for this team? And then, of course, the rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, post-draft, was like the second coming for quarterbacks. All of a sudden, he's really fizzled out, or at least the narratives around him, the excitement around him has fizzled out the last couple of weeks. But what can you do with the wide receivers on the Jaguars? Because right now you've got DJ Chark, who uh, had some injury issues. Seems off or not. Seems like he's slated to play here. Then you got LaVisca Chanel. You've got Marvin Jones. You've got James Robinson. Uh, you have basically no tight end. Worth mentioning. And then you've got the Texans, the garbage heap Texans, which will be read by, led by Tyrod Taylor. Got my, my guy, Brandon Cooks, is over there. Uh, he's kind of the saving grace of this entire game, quite frankly. Just tune in to watch Brandon Cooks do what Brandon Cooks does. Just decimate opponents and get no respect for it. And then you've got this gaggle of weird running backs trying to make for one serviceable combined running back for the Texans. I don't know. It's not great. And you got a rookie, Nico Collins, wide receiver. People are excited about him. I'm not saying any one of these players is going to be amazing for fantasy. I'm not. I'm not saying any one of these players is going to win you a week, certainly. But I think people who are staying away from this matchup entirely uh, are losing some value. I think that a sloppy game of this nature could actually turn into a shootout of sorts. And it's it's not going to be great to look at while you're looking at it. Uh, but afterwards, as you see some of the points rack up on your lineup, I think you could be excited. Again, Tyrod Taylor's an actually good quarterback. Nobody wants to admit that, I don't think. Uh, because again, he's not a huge name. But Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback. He has rushing upside. He has a better deep ball than people give him credit for. And he does at least have somebody to throw to. He has Brandon Cooks. He doesn't have much else, but he has Brandon Cooks to throw to. And the Jaguars aren't scaring anybody. The defense isn't scaring anybody. Neither defense is scaring anybody. So by that alone, I think the ineptitude of the coaching staffs and the uh, the mediocrity of the defenses could put this into a, a somewhat high-scoring event, for lack of a better word. Maybe, maybe not event. That feels like a bit much for this game. But, but I do actually like that matchup. If you're into the high-scoring, more uh, tight affairs, more professional-looking affairs, then might I interest in you, the Cardinals versus Titans. Cardinals have no cornerbacks on their roster that are even close to good. Ryan Tannehill has new weapons. He's got Julio Jones now to add on to A.J. Browns and Derrick Henry. 
Uh, Kyler still got what Kyler's always had, which is a crazy mobility. He has arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Unless you're a Devontae Adams guy, which I tend to be. But he's up there. Top three. And DeAndre Hopkins. Now you have A.J. Green, who, yes, he's old and he's a little beaten down. But he's still good. He might be better than anything else they had last year. Not named DeAndre Hopkins. So he's got that going for him. I actually think that this could, again, be a very high-scoring game. Uh, and it's going to be a lot more exciting to watch, certainly. Obviously, look, you draft anybody from these two teams that are the top-tier guys. You're starting them. You're not sitting Julio. You're not sitting A.J. Brown. You're not sitting Derrick Henry. You're not sitting Ryan Tannehill. You're not sitting DeAndre Hopkins. You're not sitting Kyler Murray. You're probably not even sitting Chase Edmonds, let's be honest. Uh, but this will be a pretty fun one to watch. I'm excited for it. Now, the injuries, some quick injury updates here, especially for the Thursday night game. Thursday night game coming up here very soon and some late additions to the injury update. That combination is never a good sign. Early game, late injury adds. Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, both are questionable. Both were limited in practice. Yikes. Antonio Brown did not practice. Might be a maintenance thing. Might be an oh fuck. Basically, if you have Mike Evans, uh, look forward to like a three touchdown game. Now, obviously, things could change. All three of these guys could play. Godwin, Gronk, Brown, they could all end up playing. But uh, it's concerning. And uh, some or all of them could be used in a decoy setting too if those injuries are actually serious, but they do play. So yes, it's definitely the Mike Evans show. I'm not scared of starting Tom Brady just because of these injuries either. Don't be foolish. There's plenty of weapons there for Tom to do what Tom needs to do. He's going to be just fine. Some other games, though, not the Thursday games. Sunday games, you have a little bit more time to breathe, think things through here. Questionable guys, OBJ, Noah Fant, Carson Wentz. Looks like he's on track to start. Maybe. We'll see. Josh Jacobs missed practice today, Tuesday. That's bad. That's bad vibes. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for Josh Jacobs. Still not sure I would want to start Kenyon Drake if Josh Jacobs misses, but if you're in a pinch, he might, he might be serviceable. We'll see. Saquon Barkley, very close to being cleared. Quote, unquote. Very close to being cleared. It doesn't make me super thrilled to see that he's very close. I would like him to be cleared already uh, so that in the very few places I have him, I can feel confident. Now, they might still just be working him back in, though the workload could very well be reduced for Saquon. Even with a reduced workload, 15 touches, if he manages to get 15 overall touches, you're going to be thrilled. But you didn't draft Saquon Barkley in the first, or if you're lucky, second round to sit him this week unless he is out. Otherwise, you start him, you deal with it, and you take whatever points he's going to get you. And I don't want to hear this bullshit about last year or in that first game, I think it was against the Steelers, where he got like six yards. All right, everybody's allowed to have one bad day. Don't hold that over his head for an entire goddamn year. Uh, now, surprise cuts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this brief because there's only one surprise cut that I really want to talk about. There are some players where I was like, oh, I bet that guy was going to make the team. That's a little weird. 
But the only guy that that got cut that actually gave me pains, like it pained me in the side to see that the Patriots cut Cam Newton. Let me say again, the Patriots cut Cam Newton. I've been on record. My co-host, my absent co-host, Dustin, has been on record as saying that we loved Cam this year as a value play. That guy that you could get at like the very end of your draft. And I mean the very end, the last round. You could probably pick him up off of waivers after your drafts were all settled too. He's gone. And he hasn't been picked up by another team just yet. Obviously, if you were into Mac Jones, super cool for you. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for Mac Jones to see what he gets to do. I think it increases the value of some guys on that team. I think that... Damian Harris gets a a bump up. I think that James White gets a bump up. I think that most importantly, a guy like Nelson Aguilar, you might not have been thrilled about starting at all, maybe ever, even in your flex, is now very interesting. And I think that uh, as the season goes on, you're going to see his star shoot up just a little bit, Nelson Aguilar. He's better than people like to say. There's the narrative. It's the drops. It's basically everything left over from Philadelphia. They hate Nelson Aguilar. But with Mac Jones there, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. The touchdown number should go up for everybody now because Cam's not going to be taking them in himself at the goal line. I think that's the biggest boon to all of your, your relevant players from the Patriots for fantasy. So you can be excited about that. Yeah, I'm not going to waste too much time, like I said, on, on other cuts. There's fringe guys that I was interested in. Holly Waring's been cut by like three teams within the last week. So that's a bummer. Tight end, super sleeper. Sad day for Holly Waring truthers such as myself. But that's enough of that. Let's talk backfields. Ooh, let's talk muddy backfields. Yuck. Uh, But we do have to talk about some of these weird teams where we still don't know. We've talked about it a lot in this podcast throughout the offseason. These weird backfields where it seems like it could be a split by like 25% cut four ways. And there's some of them we've figured things out. It's become pretty evident who the starter is going to be. And there's some where we still really don't know. And let's start at the top of my list, which is the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos... Three weeks ago, this seemed more clear. And then all of a sudden, all these nice things start coming out about Javante Williams. Vic Fangio uh, said he feels comfortable using Williams in any situation. Teddy Bridgewater, his quarterback, compared Javante Williams to Alvin Kamara. So that's not nothing. I mean, I'm not taking this coach speak or player speak too far in saying that Javante Williams is absolutely the man, but he was also held out of their last preseason game as a way to feature Melvin Gordon. You're not typically supposed to feature your veterans. You shouldn't have to. They should have been featured enough over their last several years in the league. That all to me adds up as ickiness. I'm not super stoked to start either of them. But I will start both of them. Not expecting the world, but they're going against the Jets. 
It's going to be a rough transition for the Jets. Yes, the Adam Gaze Jets are gone. But it's still going to be rough. They're starting a rookie quarterback. Their defense is still acclimating. So I'm I'm going to start both there, both flex plays. San Francisco is playing at Detroit. This is one where we've been keeping an eye out. One of those cuts, actually, surprise cuts from earlier, Wayne Gallman, my guy Wayne, I was so excited for him. I thought eventually he would have usable weeks as the de facto starter for the 49ers because you can practically guarantee any 49ers running back is going to be the guy for like two weeks at least because that's just always how it goes. But he's been cut, so that clears a path at least for Trey Sermon, rookie, who a lot of people were already expecting to be the number two at worst. But now it's him and Mostert. Now, Raheem Mostert, the big knock against him has always just been, he's hurt. He's almost never able to start because he's hurt. But when he's healthy, you have to start him because as of right now, he's still the guy. He's still at the top of that depth chart. And so for this first week, this is your gift if you drafted Raheem Mostert, that now you get to start him. That's who I'm preferring there. Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay. We just talked about all the injuries. So that's actually good, potentially, for whichever running back is the guy. And I'm just going to say it's Ronald Jones. Yeah, it's not even close. Leonard Fournette, I've talked about, I don't know what his role is on this team. He's not the pass catcher. That's Gio Bernard, who does appear on track to play, by the way. So Gio is the pass catcher. Ronald Jones is a better all-around runner than Leonard Fournette is. He's been impressing in camp. He always impresses in camp, but he's doing it again. Uh, Starting against Dallas with those guys all injured on the receiving core. Yeah, it's Rojo. I'm not going to feel great about Ronald Jones most weeks this year, but this week I actually feel pretty great about him. Now, Buffalo gets to play Pittsburgh. Uh, Zach Moss or Devin Singletary? Is that a question that you want to answer? Is that a question that you even want answered by me right now? Because personally, I'm not going to start either until one of them has a clear breakout game. Uh, Catch me later. Catch me later in the season and I might change my mind. Now, Los Angeles Rams get to play Chicago. And they sign Sony Michelle. Big fucking whoop for right now. I'm sorry. I'm not uh, I'm not going to apologize for not thinking that Sony Michelle is going to come in and bust things open, that he's going to suddenly become the usable guy in the Rams' backfield. Uh, if you want to try and play Michelle as a flex because he's going to get the workload that Xavier Jones and Jake Funk might have before he was signed, I mean, go for it, but that that feels gross too. Sony Michelle has to learn this offense still. Yeah, easier for a running back than a wide receiver, let's say, or a tight end, but still not simple. So I'm going with Henderson pretty fervently here this week. You don't have to worry about the rest. The rest of the backfields truly, though, we basically have a, a starter in order. If I did not talk about them at all, that means either it's clear-cut starters or it's a backfield I'm entirely staying away from. The Jets, for example, prime example. 
Uh, not touching them at all. So I'm not even going to bother talking about them. Stay away from the Jets week one. All right. Waiver ads. If you have drafted, and I hope that you have, or I hope that you are very close to finishing it up if you haven't, then you have a decision to make. Do I stick with the guys that I actually drafted? Uh, these late round guys that I was excited to stash? Or are there some guys hanging out on waivers right now that I could pick up and I could actually be psyched to have on my roster? Uh, the turnover, it, it's never too early for roster turnover. So if you have some question marks on your bench or some guys that you had picked up because it looked like they were going to have a role and now all of a sudden because somebody else got added to the team, now they don't have a role. Hey, Quadre Allison, maybe you were a fan of Quadre Allison as a backup running back in the Atlanta backfield because you weren't a firm believer in Mike Davis. Well, now they added Wayne Gallman. I just talked about was cut from the 49ers. Now, maybe uh, you got to find a replacement for old Quadre. Then might I interest you in Wayne Gallman? Not to make this an entire Wayne Gallman episode, but I do think that Gallman is uh, a pretty solid guy to stash on your bench, especially if you have a deep bench. Let's say you have more than seven spots or at least seven spots on your bench. Wayne Gallman is the perfect guy to go ahead and throw in, uh, cut some of those guys where it's like, it's going to take three good things happening for them to even see relevance in any facet. Cut those guys. You don't stash those guys for five weeks on the hope that the starter gets injured and then the coaching staff has a sudden change of heart and then the quarterback carousel begins to turn. There's too much. You don't want to have to rely on four variables to get your guy into the mix. Wayne Gallman just needs one, which is either uh, one or two things. Mike Davis is not very good. And so Wayne Gallman takes over almost immediately. Maybe not week one, but a couple of weeks in. Or Mike Davis gets hurt because he's not used to carrying a huge workload. It's happened very rarely in his career. So either of those two things can happen. And suddenly Wayne Gallman is super valuable for you. So he is my main pickup for this week. You might also be interested in Tony Jones, uh, who is the backup in the New Orleans Saints backfield. Tavius Murray was just cut. Didn't talk about that at the top. Murray just cut. It's Alvin Kamara, of course, who is going to get 90% of the touches probably, but those 10% that are hanging out. No, I mean, realistically, the backup could see. 25%, 30% there. Uh, and in that offense, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. And he's he's more than maybe just a pure handcuff because we've seen Latavius Murray have borderline flex playability even when Alvin Kamara was healthy. So those are my two guys that I want to feature here. Go out and get Wayne Gauman and Tony Jones. If they're hanging out there, I'm sure they are. They're both under 30% roster ship right now, according to ESPN. Go get them. All right. Now, start of the week. Just gonna give you the one. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Dustin give his on Twitter if he if he chooses. But my start of the week, I talked about it up top. The the show of shows, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. It's gonna be a slop fest, but there still could be points to be had. 
And James Robinson is somebody that you have to consider starting against Houston. Uh, are you worried about Carlos Hyde? No, not really. He is going to make James Robinson so that he doesn't get 90% of touches like he did last year. And that's fine. He's going to get like 70%. And the rookie quarterback is likely going to be dumping off to James Robinson quite a bit. Because rookie quarterbacks in their first NFL starts tend to not be great. <laughs> they tend to kind of stink historically. Not saying that that's going to be the case necessarily for Trevor Lawrence or that that's going to be the case throughout the season for him. But this first week, I am all about that. Uh, a lot of people are going to be talking about Gus Edwards. And yeah, Gus is a great play as well. I'm just not highlighting Gus Edwards because he feels like uh, a trap in a weird way. Um, I'm, I'm not projecting that Gus Edwards fails you for fantasy. Do not get me wrong. I would never say that. Uh, I might think it up here, but that's the kind of thing that gets you tarred and feathered on Twitter uh, and on social media. So I'm not going to say that. I just actually weirdly feel like James Robinson could be a safer play somehow this week uh, than Gus Edwards. And, and God help me for the comments I'm going to get on that. Again, Gus Edwards, very good. Start him. You start him. God damn it, you start him. But you also start James Robinson. So two starts of the week. I did it. Neither of those were Dustin's, by the way. Uh, Dustin's was a wide receiver. Pester him about it on Twitter. I'm sure he will tell you. All right, folks, it was a short episode this week with just myself holding down the fort. I do still want to remind you, always check your waiver wire for dropped players. It is never too early to start hunting. People sometimes are stupid. Your league mates, they can be stupid. They might drop some folks because they had some wires crossed about who was actually picked up and who wasn't. Check your waiver wires. Check them often in case you have some stupid drops out there. And then fight your league mates to pick them up. Uh, physically, fight them. I just realized I, I've been talking so much. And this is the downfall of hosting this thing solo. Aside from a lot of things. Dustin makes this look so easy. By the way, Dustin makes this look like the easiest job in the world. And I'm just the doofus hanging out in the background, getting to throw in barbs every once in a while, jump in when I want for the most part. I haven't drank almost but at all from my beverage because I've just been talking this whole goddamn time. So that's let me remedy that. Great. Now we can officially retain our drinking and talking fantasy football moniker. Folks, until next week, of course, check us out on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. You can check me out at Jake Trowbridge. Check my co-host out who will be back next week here. Hopefully you're going to be getting a whole lot of Dustin next week. Don't worry. Check him out at FFDustyDog on Twitter. And until next time, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. And cheers, FFers.